0: In the world of public speaking, we so often think that it's the words that we've got to get right. We sit and we practice and we rehearse and we script and we try to get the words shoved down inside of us, written on a page and ready to go. And that's only one of the many, many ways in which we communicate with audiences on stages and screen. And I would argue even on audio, like a podcast. This week, Clodavita and I, who is my partner at the Mic Drop Method, the group coaching program where we help people who are experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, public speakers reach that next level to become transformational storytellers and speakers on stage. We teach them to write, to perform, and to direct their on stage and on screen moments so they can transform their audiences. By the way, if you want to get in on that, we've got a free training coming up on May 18th. If you're listening to this after, no problem, you can still get access to it. Go over to MikeGanino.com slash apply, and you'll answer a couple questions, really simple ones, and then make sure we have your email address so we can send you a link to watch the training where we go through what the Mic Drop Method is and how you should be thinking about writing, performing, and directing your own speeches and video so that you can become the transformational speaker who changes people's view, changes the world, changes how people see things. That's what we're about when we're here telling our ideas on stages, screens, and boardrooms, on podcasts even. So check it out at MikeGanino.com slash apply if that is for you. This audio here comes from a chat that Chloe and I were having about the five languages of standing ovation-worthy speakers. What are the five languages you need to know to speak? Now, a lot of people think of the first one, which is verbal, and we don't really think or have never learned the others. So here is this conversation with Chloe and I about the five languages of being on stage, of standing ovation-worthy speeches. Enjoy the show.
1: So you have a story to tell. And you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways. So you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Here is your host, Mike Bonino.
0: Well, one of the things that so often we think when we're when we're practicing a speech or we're writing a speech or we're writing a presentation, we're giving a, a breakout session at a conference, we think, oh, I've got to get all, I've got to get my slides ready. I've got to get my my words correct. Mm-hmm. And we forget that I mean, maybe we've just never been taught because who's been taught this unless you... Have worked with us, or you've yeah. gone through some of the specific trainings we have. Me as a as a performer, as a as an actor, um, writer, writing comedy, writing sketch, um, and then coaching and directing people in that world, and then as a public speaking yeah. coach. And Chloe as an yep. event producer, as a choreographer, as a dancer, and as mm-hmm. the current executive producer of TEDx Cambridge. Yep you maybe haven't seen any of these things. So no wonder we sit down and say, Oh, I've got to get all the words right because the words Mm -hmm. are what convince the audience. And we think the words are just one very small part of the equation. And there are these five languages that we need to be able to, to speak uh, when Mm -hmm. we're on stage in front of people. And the first one, and the, the first one makes sense because it's in the name public speaking. And so the first one is verbal. Yep. This is the words you're actually saying. This is the way you've put your sentences together, and, and we teach this in a whole section on writing. But if you yeah. today had a presentation and you're looking at, it, you're getting ready right now, and in you know an hour you had to go give this presentation, then hopefully you can watch this short training and yeah. layer in some of these. So verbal is thinking about the word choices, the mm-hmm. story choices, the contrast really in the actual words you're using. Mm-hmm.
2: And using the right ones. Cause even <laughs> like, for instance, if you were going to go and talk to a uh, dance studio, you're going to refer to their customers as students because mm. that's who they bring in versus if you're going to go talk to a marketing company you're going to use the word customers. And it's it's that kind of thing that we need to make sure we're clarifying for our audience.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that too, because early in my speaking career, I had a, a speaking gig with a credit union group. And mm. I remember my good friend, Neen James, uh, speaker extraordinaire, like fairy godmother to me in mm-hmm. so many ways. She said, don't forget, do not call the people that are part of uh, the customers of the credit union. Don't call them customers. Don't call them Mm -hmm. clients. They call them members. And Mm -hmm. it is a sure sign that you don't understand their world. If you call them that the same way that Chloe's mentioning here about a dance studio. So that's really, uh, that's a really important thing to know verbally. Also verbally is how can you use metaphor Mm -hmm. How can you use simile? How can you use rhetorical devices, like repeating the same, the beginning of something three times? Um, Yep.
2: Analogies.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can you apply all of those beautiful, you know, uh, Plays on words to deliver what you want. And you don't need to do this in every single line and you're overthinking it, but really thinking through where do I use it? Uh, We Mm -hmm. teach a little bit about using metaphors and how metaphors that are mechanical um, tend to make people feel that something can be broken down versus Mm -hmm. metaphors that are um, nature specific, um, rolling, weaving blossoming, mm-hmm. those feel really futuristic and possible. So depending on what you want to do in your speech, you would use different ones. Yeah. If I wanted them to feel, hey, this is all in trouble, I would say crashing. Um, mm-hmm. um, I would say, uh, you know, breaking, crunching. I would use these words about machinery. If I wanted them to feel hopeful, then I would use words that are more nature-driven. So Mm -hmm. how can you verbally start to do this? And when we get to step five Mm -hmm. here, the fifth language, you'll see why this is so important. So that's the first one is verbal. If you have a talk coming up in an hour, think about are there some places where I can make really specific verbal choices to communicate what I want? The second one is vocal, Mm -hmm. okay? This is the actual sound of your voice, which is really like... These little meat flaps moving with air. That's what a voice is. My my, I have a, a toddler daughter who's, you know, developing language every day. And all the time my husband is like, okay, thank you. I get it. I was like, oh, she's making a plosive sound. And it's easier to do a P than a B and a G than a he. And he's like, can she just talk and I'm like, no, oh, I love this stuff. So vocal is the actual sounds, yeah. um, the mm-hmm. emotion really that yeah. you put on top of the verbal choices
2: you make. Yeah. And it's like the way you use those words. Like even in how I said that, how I emphasized use, right? The way you're using and <laughs> Um, I love fricatives, and there's some fun things in there of how you can use your words to impact. Can you say fricative you on LinkedIn? Maybe. <laughs> I hope
0: so.
1: Sometimes when she gets
0: mad at me, she calls me a fricative. So okay, <laughs> the um, the the vocal quality, and so really? how can you use? Uh, pitch? How can you use passion, emotion? How can you use punch, volume, pacing? How can you use all of yeah. these ingredients of voice to help communicate? Yeah. And how can you mark up your PowerPoint, your script, your notes, to make sure that you're you're doing that in a way that that communicates what you want? Yeah. Again, when we get to five, you'll see how this all yeah. blends together. So vocal mm-hmm. is... Really making choices with the way the words sound, the way they feel, as close said so beautifully there, uh, mm-hmm. and then throwing in a fricative. <laughs> okay, the third yeah. one here in the five stage languages is visual.
2: Visual
0: mm-hmm. is what your audience actually sees. Nothing happens out of context. And so what are they actually seeing during your presentation? What are the slides? What are, where are you in conjunction with the slides? How can you be part of it? Because you are, because the audience is watching. If you're, if you're live on a stage in a boardroom in front of your team, they're watching the whole image. So how does that look and feel? What's behind you in a visual presentation? Um, If you are presenting – what are you wearing? So all of the things that the audience can see, we call that stage image. When we teach our uh, speaking clients to learn to direct their own performances because honestly – if you could hire us to be your directors and travel with you all the time and make your choices, like, we're hey, come on in, we're ready for it. But it's much more valuable for you to learn to direct yourself. And so that's Mm -hmm. why we teach that in the Mic Drop Method, our our program that that we teach people these skills. And so in that, being able to make those visual choices based on stage image or screen image, what is the audience seeing? A director in a film, by the way, would be Mm -hmm. making choices about... Where's the lighting? Even what angle is the camera? Because a camera looking down on us and us looking up, hi, daddy, says Mm -hmm. something different than us looking down at it versus us looking right at it. So what are all of those stage image choices you can make visually? Yep.
2: And we borrow a lot from Hollywood because there is a reason people continue to watch TV (laughs) and go to movies and everything, right? And so that element of like, what is the scene you're looking at is everything that visual is about. And you can see, like, uh,
0: you know, I'm out to get this goldfish. Okay, Mm -hmm. so people talk about how the, uh, you know, our attention span is shorter than a goldfish. First of all, show me the research because I've done it. There, you can't really find this study because yeah. who would be if you've ever tried to get money for funding for research you would realize how hard it is and nobody cares about a goldfish's attention span so uh, when you start to look it up what you'll see is someone wrote a Forbes magazine article where they referenced an article in someone else's ink magazine article which references someone's blog which references someone else's blog which references a comment yeah. in a YouTube video and there's no goldfish study about our attention span being shorter than Goldfish. Case in point, if you'd like me to prove it, how many people listened all the way through at midnight when a new Taylor Swift album comes out? They Mm -hmm. sit in their bathtubs with their glass of wine or their tea, wearing a cardigan, crying with the water running over the top of them as they listen to the full Taylor Swift album. How many people binge watch every episode of a show that they can't? Right now, we're really into Stanley Tucci's um, Travel show on CNN. It's just like gorgeous, beautiful travel show. It's filling the void of Anthony Bourdain a little bit for me. That and mm-hmm. Nomad, another great show on CNN about travel. Um, And they only release one a week. You can't binge it. No. I want to watch seven hours of Stanley Tucci eating, you know, carbonara. I want to see that, but I can't. I got to watch it every week. So if you Still believe the goldfish thing. I mean, let's just point to Never. what Close said with Hollywood, Broadway. I mean, we got people to watch a three-hour show and pay, you know, a second mortgage to get tickets to watch about the founding of America <laughs> from Lynn manuel Miranda's perspective. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with our attention span. It's that we have a lot of choices. So mm-hmm. how can we borrow from the most engaging places on earth uh, to bring it here? And, and that's mm-hmm. why we borrow a lot from Hollywood and Broadway uh, to bring yeah. it. And by the way, we've both worked with quite a people in that world. So we've not only been in that world as performers, but we've also coached people in that world so -hmm. that they could pitch their ideas, get their shows made, uh, build their attractions in a theme park, all those things. So visual is the Mm -hmm. third one that you've got to know that language. So if you have a presentation Mm -hmm. in an hour, give it a wash visually. What's it look like? How's it feel? How's the font? What's the color? What's the mood? Give it a look. Mm -hmm. Fourth one. Physical. This is Chloe's favorite. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Well, being a dancer, literally everything is physical. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, in the dance world, when you're choreographing, you're still thinking about everything else. It might not be verbal, vocal from here, but there's music playing that you are aligning to. And so there's still elements that apply for what people hear. It's still about like your audience is hearing those things and that makes them feel. And so it all kind of comes in. So when you talk about physical, it's more than just um, like how you appear, right? What you're doing with your hands. That's probably one of the biggest things, right? What do I do with my hands? Um, It's more than that. It's where are you on the stage? When do you move? How do you move? It's really making intentional choices about every piece of your physicality Mm -hmm. and how that appears on a stage or on a screen. Same goes for screen. It's, It's a... Movement is the place where people will let their nervous energy out in a very unintentional way. Mm. But as you work with us and you learn your choices and you understand how you can, you know, take physicality and make it match your words, match your verbal and your vocal, create a visual so that the audience is really following you. It'll just become more natural. You'll think about it less and just do it more and not, pace and rock and do all the things that are actually pretty distracting for an audience.
0: Yeah. And when you weave it together with these other ones, you start to use your movement to help mm-hmm. you do all of it versus thinking, yeah. what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my bodies? You go back to what's the, what's the image? What's the language mm-hmm. I'm trying? What am I trying to communicate? And what's the most effective way to do it? That's what Close talking about with intentionality of... Yeah using this vessel because when we're public speaking we are the message Mm -hmm. it isn't our speech it isn't our speech if it was then just send me the you know uh, you could go you can go to um the drama bookstore in new york my favorite bookstore in america and you can get almost any play you can get the play version the script version of it yet we Mm -hmm. still go see the show why because of all five of these stage languages being used. If it was just the words, then send me the script. I've already read your book. Think of the people, the best-selling authors who we've all read their books: Simon Sinek, Brené Brown, um, Malcolm Gladwell, Mel Robbins, Aaron King. All of these people, where we've read their book, and we still show up to hear them talk about the book. We Mm -hmm. might have even listened to them talk about a non-audible. We listen to their podcast. We absorb everything we can about them. And then we still pay money to get on a plane, to go to a conference, to see them speak. Why? Because they are the message and there's something magic about it. These five languages help you have that same control over your message and your idea.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Last one. This is really the roll-up of all of them. It's imaginative. What is the emotional language of everything you've done here? Mm Because everything here is about helping the audience have an image. Storytelling. People say storytelling is about conflict. Mm -hmm. Storytelling is about a beginning, middle, and end. You know what has a beginning, middle, and end? My coffee, and it's almost ended, and and so I gotta go get another one. So, beginning and middle and end is the worst storytelling advice I've ever heard because Mm -hmm. literally everything has a beginning, middle, and end. Even if it's the lifespan of something that lasts two seconds, it all has Mm -hmm. it. So that's not it. What storytelling really is about is helping to create visual images for the audience so they can either go on that journey with you or experience it for themselves. And imaginative here is the speaker's language to be able to create pictures inside of the audience's mind. And all of these other four help to do that. But if we cannot create that, this is the key to engagement. Engagement is not about did I tell them to talk to me in the chat? Did I create an activity where they had to hug each other? Don't do that, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, did I make them you know, sing a song? That's what engagement is about. Engagement is about firing up their mind and getting them to see images of what you mean.
2: Mm-hmm. And those images are what drive their emotional connection to you. And they're what keep your audiences connected because they're all thinking about things. There is Imagination going on in their minds at all times when they're sitting there and if you're not actually in controlling the journey and using all of these languages verbal, vocal, visual and physical to help create what is happening in their mind and drive that emotion they're off making their grocery list. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're tweeting they're doing something else they're you know uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's where you know people get on virtual and it's like turn on your camera turn on your- I could turn on my camera and be watching a YouTube video like yeah The magic is in the writing, the performing, and the directing of this. So if you have ideas that you have to share, if you're a thought leader, Mm -hmm. an author, a coach, an entrepreneur, and you are someone who wants to use public speaking to help people see your vision of the world, whether that's through the product that you founded, that you've developed, a new app you're creating, whether it's uh, a book, a coaching program, whatever that is, if you have that, then we would love the chance to expand on the ideas from this training. And we've got a live public training uh, coming up. We've got a a training that you can watch that includes all this, that shows you really what we're talking about. When we talk about, you want to be a you know, mic drop moment-worthy speaker that people talk about, refer, and even if it's just they talk about when they go home from a meeting with you and they talk to their coworker or their spouse and they say, whoa, I really never thought of it this way. I really see things differently. If that's even what you're after, then we would love the chance to show you what that takes. We've got uh, a program called the Mic Drop Method where we bring in all of these ideas you've heard about here, plus how to write and organize a speech, how to put it together. We've got content on slide design, on stories, on humor, on all those things, as well as how to direct yourself, how to make choices in these five languages, in your writing. Uh, and this is, we've got a deep dive training, so you can get access to that training by going to dot com slash apply, as you can see here, there you go. So you could go to MikeAdito.com slash apply. That'll then get you the information you need to, to go through the deep dive where we walk you through all of this. And at the end of it, if you want to work with us, you'll you know, find out how we work with people. If not, you're still better off for having gone through the training and experiencing this idea of what it takes. So if you are someone who has something to say, if you are someone that says, I see what's going on, and I have a vision of what could be, I've got an argument for the way that we should be being in the world, Mm -hmm. whether that's through an app coaching program, whatever the case is, we'd love to walk you through what we've done, what we've seen, how we've coached people to write, perform, and direct those kinds of speeches and presentations. And, uh, and then at the end, if you want to work with us, we'll tell you how. But otherwise, you'll leave knowing how to do this yourself. So we hope you'll see you there. MikeGanino.com slash apply is the place mm-hmm. to go. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah.
1: This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeGanino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today. And keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeGanino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag MikeDropMoment? moment?